Welcome to part two of this three-part mini-series on digital game-based learning. In this episode, I will explore two digital games, Kahoot and Twine. As a way to support grade nine English education based on the Common Core State Standards and discuss how, if at all, specific games can reduce transactional distance. If you're interested in knowing the Ontario curriculum equivalents, you can go to my blog, digitalgamebaselearning.blogspot.com. Remember the hyphen in between each word. I started by thinking, why teach with digital games? What would be the benefits of using a digital game in a classroom? And what would the drawbacks be? To get a feeling of some of these ideas, I asked colleagues for their input. This is what they had to say. I think one of the benefits digital games provide for student learning is engagement. Our students really like to use the internet graphics are fun. Um, it allows for a bit of competition, which kids really like. I think the drawback can be that sometimes the tool is more of a distraction. Um, I've definitely taught and seen kids get kind of really amped up with energy and maybe lose the point of the learning a little bit. Christy notices the element of competition within a game scenario as a way to engage students in curriculum content. Similar to what Christy mentions, Isaac has this to say. The biggest benefit with digital games in the classroom is that the students are automatically very engaged. Um, the downside to this is what I've seen, at least, especially with Kahoot, um, and other games is that things tend to get a little out of control um, and maybe focus is lost on what you're supposed to be learning and just playing the game and competing and being excited and all that. Both colleagues touch on digital games as a way to engage students in learning. Research has shown that on top of impacting engagement, digital game-based learning can increase motivation, learner attraction, and flow. Recognizing digital games as part of children and teenagers' lived curriculum my teaching partner and I thought that an article related to gaming might hook or engage our students. To introduce our unit on informational reading, I created a survey asking students how often they play video games. Not surprisingly, the majority of the responses in my classes were, every day, gaming is life. You can see the results on my blog. Digital games have become a thread in the fabric of children's culture. Digital games are played as a form of entertainment and as a way to connect with others. Digital games 
have undeniably become part of 21st century experience. Ted Aoki talks about legitimizing students' lived experiences within the curriculum to create more meaningful learning experiences in the classroom. I'm sure my students aren't the only teenage gamers. So let's look at how we can incorporate digital games into our pedagogy. When I started this project, I focused on finding free games that I could incorporate into my upcoming lessons. The next major unit that I will be teaching is on narrative reading and narrative writing. So I looked for digital games that can support my learners in this topic. In the book, Choosing and Using Digital Games in the Classroom, Goals suggests that games for learning should be considered from both the perspective of the learner and the perspective of the teacher. In other words, what affordances do digital games provide for learning and how can teachers use games to teach specific concepts? Once again, I turn to my colleagues to see what games they are using and how I may be able to use these games as well. In the last couple years, um, I've used Kahoot and quizzes on a regular basis started with Kahoot, um, but stopped using it uh, mostly because because of the behavior issues. Um, quizzes is similar, um, but less of a, of a behavior problem because it's not head-to-head. -head. Kahoot is a very popular game among teachers and students at my school. Have you used Kahoot? How do you think it engages students and enhances learning? Check out the blog to join the conversation. I don't have any experience with Kahoot, but I know that it's an interactive platform where players respond to questions in teams or individually to earn points. There are time incentives to answer quickly. So if I go back to the definitions of Steeler, Hunt, and Jones, and Airhill and Jemmet, Kahoot would be considered a game because of the competitive element that Isaac and Christy mention. It also has a quantifiable outcome in terms of the earned points. In this light, we can say that Kahoot is a game. Furthermore, it certainly seems like an engaging activity, maybe even a little too much as the students demonstrated extreme excitement in some cases. Imagine the bubbling sounds of laughter, the loud voices of excitement. Picture seeing students smiling faces as they jump out of their seat to yell at a competitor. Joking insults are hurled as students are fully emerged in the curriculum content. You stand there slightly frustrated but also smiling yourself. Do you miss those sounds? Do you miss those feelings? There are many pre-made quizzes on Kahoot for teachers to access to engage students in learning. I found one specifically related to narrative elements, which, which I'll share on the blog. 
I can easily tie this quiz into the classroom and use it as a formative assessment, but it is not an activity that I can report on. It doesn't directly connect to any specific Common Core standards, but it does tie to the foundational knowledge required to complete those standards. More importantly, I think that this game can foster community and connection among students. Playing cooperative games can support students' social and emotional growth, as well as provide the opportunity to construct foundational knowledge of concepts through conversations. Perhaps Kahoot can bring some laughter back into the Zoom classroom. In a regular classroom setting, teams of students can submit an answer using one device. Because distance education doesn't allow for this function, I thought that students could be in, a, in breakout groups and all submit the same answer from individual devices. It is through these interactions that transactional distance can be reduced between students and allow them to socially engage with the content. We can see how important the social aspect of learning is to students in Adelaide's comment. In the Zoom classroom, what I enjoy doing is having interactive lessons with my classmates and teacher. Uh, that definitely helps me learn However, I, I believe that the teacher has to construct a balance where, where we have interactive classes, but we also have uh, assignments that we have to do on our own, uh, because I think with, with the help of, of the two, uh, the, the experience becomes uh, definitely more effective and it helps people learn more importantly. He intuitively touches on the need for learner autonomy to develop skills. Adelaide describes the importance of balance between learner autonomy and dialogue, the key components to consider when designing lessons to reduce transactional distance. In the year 1596, Anne is about to be burned at the stake. As the constable prepares to light the fire below her, she can do nothing but seek a solution in her own memory and imagination. The Anarchist, written by Peter Levine, is a game in which you can make choices that determine the outcome. By increasing Anna's knowledge, you can create opportunities for her to act. By decreasing the entropy or disorder of the whole situation, you can raise the odds that the ending will be a happy one for all characters. If you try to conclude the story while knowledge is too low or entropy is too high, Anna will burn. This is an excerpt from a story created on Twine, the second digital game I investigated. Twine is an open source digital tool to create interactive, non-linear stories. Authors can create a series of events through hyperlinks that tell multiple versions of one story. At each new section of the story, 
students can provide options for the player to choose. Choosing an option changes the story or can result in a dead end where the player needs to go back and try again. It's like a choose your own adventure game. Emphasizing the development of plot, characters, conflict, theme, perspective, atmosphere, and symbols, this activity aligns with narrative rating state standards W9 10.3, 10.3A, and 10.3B, to name a few. Links to the standards can be found on my blog, digitalgamebasedlearning.blogspot.com. And don't forget the hyphens between each word. Have you used Twine in your classroom? I cannot wait to try this activity out with my grade nine students. It seems like an engaging and fun task, but does it constitute as a game? Referring back to Steeler, Hunt and Jones, there needs to be conflict and rules with quantifiable outcomes to constitute a game. Erhal and Jamma indicate that a game must have an element of competition. Based on these definitions, Twine is not a digital game. Interestingly, students can use Twine to create game-like qualities of conflict and specific outcomes, like Peter Levine does in his narrative, The Anarchist. Twine transforms learning from playing a game to building a game when this task is des designed correctly. Furthermore, transactional distance can be reduced by having students work in groups to create their game. Providing opportunities for students to engage in dialogue in breakout rooms and to plan and create their story can reduce the feelings of separation and isolation one might feel when they're completing this task alone. Reducing transactional distance in this sense is not due to the digital game, but rather to the design of teaching and learning. To wrap up this episode, I would like to draw attention to the type of learning that Kahoot and Twine offer. Kahoot is at best a passive learning experience. Although students are engaged with the task of answering multiple choice questions, they're only required to remember information. This of course is foundational knowledge to progress to higher order thinking. Therefore, Kahoot has some learning benefits, but my personal teaching belief is that students need to apply and create products with the foundational knowledge in order to fully understand the foundational knowledge they're trying to learn. That's where Twine comes in. With this platform, students are able to create their own game-like scenarios. Students can then go and play each other's stories. Opportunities to provide peer assessment can be included to further engage students with one another. Overall, both of these games can possibly engage students in learning. Tune in next time for the final episode. In the meantime, check out my blog, digitalgamebaselearning.blogspot.com to participate in the conversation. Don't forget the hyphens between each word. And thanks for listening.
Thank you.